Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And today we're going to do a little breastfeeding and we're going to do a little beyond. My guest today is Robin Roche-Paul. She is a registered nurse and an international board certified lactation consultant. She's been working with breastfeeding mothers for over 20 years. She holds a bachelor's degree in maternal child health and nursing and currently she is an IBCLC at Madigan Army Medical Center in Tacoma, Washington. In addition, Robin is the author and executive director of Breastfeeding in Combat Boots. Having tattoos and piercings herself, Robin has a personal as well as a professional interest in body modifications. With the rise in tattooing and piercings by the new generation of breastfeeding mothers, Robin feels that the topic of body modification and how it relates to breastfeeding is very important. She lives in Graham, Washington with her husband, three grown children, and various animals, large and small. Robin, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me again. I was just going to say, many of you might remember Robin. She was on the show here, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, right around Veterans Day, I think, that we ran the show, because Robin has been in the military, and Robin, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you are now retired. Yes, I'm a veteran. Yes. And uh, Robin is a nurse. She is a registered nurse, a international board certified lactation consultant. She is also the author of Breastfeeding in Combat Boots. Quite a book, I have to say. I thought that I knew a lot about breastfeeding, but boy, when I read Robin's book, I was like, whoa, there's some stuff I hadn't thought about. And uh, today, though, Robin comes to us with a different slant. Today, Robin is going to talk to us about body mods, that is, body modification. And so, uh, Robin, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming again. You're a great guest. We know everybody's going to enjoy you, but thank you. You're welcome. Glad to be here. (laughs) So, Robin, first of all, I think that most of us probably kind of more or less know what body mods are. I'm assuming that you mean piercings, tattoos, and maybe even laser removal of tattoos. Is there? Did I shortchange that? Is there anything else that we want to add about what a body mod is? There are a couple of other ones out there. Um, there's, there's branding, which is basically like a third degree um, burn that produces scars that could be done in, in patterns um, to produce pictures basically um there's also scarification which as as it sounds it's it's cutting into the skin to produce scars again in a pattern um in a picture but those i don't really get into a whole lot um simply because they really don't have any effect one way or the other on breastfeeding or vice versa the two that i'm the most interested in is the piercings and the tattooing and then by extension yes the laser removal of tattoos as you said, yes, by extension. Okay, so can we talk just generally, and I know that we want to get deeper into this as we go along here, but in general, how do body mods affect breastfeeding and vice versa? 
So in general, they are compatible. Um, what this really kind of comes down to is timing and knowing what to expect. Um, but yeah, I think my main my my main point coming out of this would be you can have them um, placed after you're already currently breastfeeding or if you already have them in place and you're pregnant and thinking, hmm, I might want to get a piercing later on or I'm I'm interested in getting a tattoo of my daughter's footprints. How long do I have to wait to do that? Uh, understand that, again, with, with timing and taking some good precautions into place, you can do so. Robin, correct me if I'm wrong, but if my memory serves me correctly, you have full sleeves tattoos. Yes? Yes. Yes, I do. And I have piercings in various places. Yes. And did you get those before you breastfed or after? The tattoos um, before, during, and after. In fact, <laughs> one tattoo, I didn't even know I was pregnant. Um, and then I was found out about a week later and went, hmm, okay. Uh, and then the piercings, uh, again, some before, not any that would have had anything to do with uh, breastfeeding. I, I did wait on nipple piercings until after I was done as kind of a, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done here, yeah. So, Robin, help me first with the the tats. I have, I certainly know, as a nurse, I have seen lots of breasts and lots of bellies, and I know that the body expands, and so therefore the skin expands. So, I hear what you're saying about yes, the tats would be compatible with breastfeeding, but how does it affect the, like does does the, how does it how does it look? After the the body has undergone a pregnancy or an enlargement, maybe enlargement of the breast or the belly, right? There- um, you're definitely going to have you're definitely going to have stretching. There's there's no way around that. All of the collagen fibers and everything in the skin is is going to stretch, depending on your skin type. Some of us have <laughs> better skin than others. Um, it might come back and look. Great. I have seen some some patients that had a belly or a breast tattoo, and yes, things got bigger. But then I saw them again, you know, a year or two later, and ah, it looked it looked fine. It, with a practiced eye, you could be like, oh yeah, okay. There might be some silver stretch marks that have kind of added to the patina, so to speak. Um, but really, not not anything that is crazy out of the ordinary um ugly looking if you would no no yeah I think that's really my question is if I got tat and if I got pregnant and or my body enlarged through breastfeeding or or pregnancy would I be unhappy with the result of that tat I think that's really my question right and again I can't answer that 100% because everybody's skin type is 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 a little different um if you're highly susceptible to keloids and stuff like that oh right you might have more of an issue um if you know in other parts of your body that you just don't you don't have those good collagen fibers yeah you might have the stretching and it's not going to come back and look um quite as good but i'm going to be my biggest thing with tattoos is people keep them out of the sun because that's what kills your tattoos. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, the the UV light. Okay. And so it would not necessarily be the breastfeeding of the lactation 
issues so much as keep them out of the sun. Yes. Yes. That's a bigger factor. That's so, the bigger factor. Okay. All right. So, Robin, I'm, I don't know if there's any, re- actually, there is some research on this and I've read it, but I would be interested in your perspective. What do you think are the motivators for people having body mods? Oh, oh, lots of motivators oh. out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where, where do I start? Uh, let's see. Self-expression, identity, um, body image. Maybe I'm not happy with how my body looks and I want to adorn it with either tattoos or piercings because that makes me feel um, that makes me feel beautiful. I always joke just within my own circle of friends that I don't like artwork on the walls. I like the artwork on me. Um, it, it, I do. Uh, maybe it's to commemorate some kind of a special occasion or a, you know a life a, a life event. Um, that happened for you. Uh, for some people, it may be more religious or spiritual, some type of rite of passage. And I'm not, you know, that could be that could be anything. You attained a certain age, and in your culture, you get a tattoo to mark that. That that could be something that um, that happens. Some of it is straight up rebellion. Um, <laughs> my first was, I'm 18 and I'm getting one. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then something that I kind of think now is happening more because I'm, I'm, I'm older. So I was getting tattoos when <clears throat> that wasn't something that was done quite as much as it is now. Um, I feel like at this point, there's a bit more of, wow, everybody else has got one. I need one. So instead of it being so much the rebellious, like maybe it was <laughs> 30 years ago for me, now it's more... I need to fit in and everybody I know has a tattoo or a piercing. So I'm looking around at my peer group and going, well, I need to get one now. Robin, I have to say that is, I I hear you talking and I'm thinking, Oh, right. But I can't say that I've seen all of those in the existing literature. I think that you've given a much better explanation. So how about this? How about when people, and I know we haven't talked about piercings, so we'll do that on the other side of the break, but just, just going with the tats for a few minutes. When somebody says to you as a professional, never mind your personal issues with this, um, if they say, look at, you know, I'd really kind of like a tat, but like, I'm not really sure if I want to do this because I don't know if this will affect breastfeeding and you say, or, or pregnancy, I suppose, um, uh, I hear you saying it's compatible. Are there any cautions that you would offer to me? Would you offer any cautions? So if if she's coming to me pregnant, here's the number one thing. Any good tattoo artist is going to have her sign paperwork. And one of the number one questions on anybody's paperwork is, are you pregnant? And I have seen more and more lately with the tattoo shops that I frequent that they're now also asking whether you're breastfeeding or not. So right there, she's, she's going to have to answer that question. Um, so for a pregnant woman, I would suggest waiting until the pregnancy was over. She is growing a baby. Um, and then as for the breastfeeding portion of it, it, I always fall back on, if you're going to a good reputable shop, um, our bodies are very resilient and, the research that I have done, the ink molecules far too big to transfer into milk. Right. So would I suggest waiting until your infant is older? Yes. Do I necessarily suggest that you have to completely wait until you wean? No. 
So, Robin, if this is a fairly standard question uh, from most reputable tattoo artists, would that be a deal breaker? Would some of them just say, hey, forget it. We, we're just not doing that to you right now. Yes. And <laughs> again, in my professional and personal experience, because, you know, because of my profession, I do talk to the artists and say, OK, so why is it you don't want to, to do this? I'm explaining to you that your ink molecules are too big to transfer into the milk. The other myth is that there's no way those needles are ever going to get deep enough, like on the breast tissue to even get into the milk ducts. So that's not the issue. Why is it you don't want to? And to a person, they've looked at me and said, it's liability, right? I will, I will not take the chance that two weeks later, mom says that her baby is in the hospital because he or she is sick and they come back and pin it on me that I gave her a tattoo while she was breastfeeding. Yeah, that would be... So. <laughs> and honestly, I don't mean to minimize this, but the liability, uh, I just took a, a vitamin C here the other day, and I noticed that it said right on the package, uh, consult your doctor before you take this if you are pregnant or lactating. And I'm thinking, oh, for pity's sake. <laughs> it's vitamin C, exactly. Yeah, exactly. but it's the whole liability bit. So it sounds like, yes, that the person should be prepared to maybe hear that, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't advocate advocate for themselves if they really wanted to do it. So, hey, everybody, I got to tell you, this is going to get interesting because on the other side of the break, I have a number of questions for Robin Roche-Paul. We're going to talk about the numbers of breastfeeding women with body mods and uh, why such an increase has happened in the last few years. So, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'll be right back with Robin Roche-Paul after this short break. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Robin Roche-Paul, and we're talking about body mods as related to breastfeeding. Robin, if you don't mind, I want to, and I know I promised the audience that we were going to talk about uh, some other things that we will, but I want to go back to that bit about the ink. I understand what you're saying about the size of the molecule and so forth, but can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I know there's more to that. Right. So something that a lot of people are not aware of is that the FDA does not regulate the tattoo inks for injection. They are considered a cosmetic and that they're going to stay basically on top of the skin. And when when you talk to tattoo artists, um, and I've looked at the bottles, there's nothing to say what's in them. You have to dig and find material uh, safety data sheets on the inks. And here's something that people need to know. Certain colors, um, yellows tend to have cadmium and copper and oh, used to be maybe lead. Blue also has copper and cobalt in it. Um, purple has aluminum salts, manganese, all kinds, of, all kinds of interesting things in there. So again, while the molecules, generally speaking, are too large to pass into the milk, be aware some of this stuff has heavy metal oxides in it. Um, other brands are synthetic. There are some vegan inks that are out there now that would be totally um, safe. I'm not sure how well they last long term, but they are totally safe. And then later on, I think when we speak about laser removal, um, we'll come back to this and you'll understand why I have a little bit of a little bit of concern on the laser removal portion of it. Okay. So in one breath, you're going to say the ink molecule is too big to get into the milk. Okay, we got that. On the other hand, you're saying there are some potentially threatening components to this as well as the issue with a laser removal. So don't go into this until you have checked it out. Is that kind of your message? That's kind of my message. Yes. 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 (laughs) Well, you know, Robin, here's another thing. Uh, What about, I know that any time that you are exposed to any needle for any reason, you need to be careful. And I remember that when you started talking about the reputable tattoo artist. Okay. So how do you find a reputable tattoo artist? Oh, very good question. So um, good tattoo artists will be uh, members of the, um, well, they should be cleared by their local uh, health department um, if, they're, if they're being on the up and up with that. And then uh, quite a few of them will voluntarily join, um, such as the Alliance of Professional Tattooists. 
and the Association of Professional Piercers who have guidelines in place for making sure that their artists abide by certain things like universal precautions. Yep. Um, you should never go to a tattoo or a piercer that's not using single-use um, sterilized equipment and be pulling those new needles out of fresh, um, unopened, again, sterilized packaging like you would at the doctor's, um, that, that, kind, of, that yep. kind of thing. Their inks should be poured into little um, disposable cups and that cup is only for that. And then anytime they're gloved up and if they have to answer the phone or something like that, they take those gloves off, answer the phone, wash their hands again, put a fresh set of gloves back on before they touch you. Those sorts of, those sorts of things. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that people who are listening understand that it's not, there's, there's a bunch of things you need to look at. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do it. It's just, Hello, be, be buyer beware, watch what you're buying, yes. uh, that yes. thing. All right, so Robin, uh, what are the numbers of breastfeeding women with body mods? Do you know? Uh, good question. So not a great amount of research. I tend to like to find topics that don't have a whole lot of research behind them, but <laughs> somewhere in, the, in, in the, the realm of 20 to 30 million Americans have body mods right now. And of those individuals who identify as women, we're looking at about 30% of them have piercings, uh, 22% have tattoos, and about 10% of that have both. And here's another interesting piece to that. Um, Your average age is about 25. Most are single, most are white, most are middle class, and most have more than a high school education. Okay. Yeah. Which I found kind of interesting when I was when I was researching this. I was like, "Yeah, it's it's not necessarily." <laughs> I'm gonna be a, make a joke on myself here. It's it's not necessarily your United States Navy sailor that's getting a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and as you were going down that list, I was thinking those are the women that are very likely to breastfeed. I I didn't catch all of them, but uh, when you said they are more educated, what what was it again? Um, average age 25, so right smack in your childbearing years, uh, single, white, middle class, and yes, high school, but honestly, more than high school education, bachelor's degrees. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So here, when the only one there that doesn't have the classical fit for breastfeeding is that women who are married are more likely to breastfeed than those who are not married, but nonetheless... Uh, all of the other things are like, hey, you know, if you are out there and you are a lactation professional, you should know that you're going to run into these folk that have some sort of body mod. Very likely, you're going to see it. It's going to happen. So what do you think? Because my understanding is that there's been a fair amount of increase in body mods over the last, I don't know, decade or so. To what mm-hmm. would you attribute that? It, again, the fitting in piece of it. Uh, they're much more culturally acceptable. The younger generation, they want them. They're they're itching to get them. They that that's this just this is what this is what we do. It's part of growing up. It's the in thing to do. And the stigma is gone. That 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 stigma of of who the typical person was that got those kinds of those kinds of things done to their body. That's not that's not there anymore. Um, and again, I think a lot of this goes back to 
this is what makes me feel beautiful. And this is what for me speaks to my, speaks to my sexuality, speaks to, speaks to me as, as, as a, a, a beautiful woman. I, I want to have this um, done. And if you want to get in a little bit more and kind of play into this whole thing with the breastfeeding, breasts are not fortunately seen as the functional aspect, the nutritional aspect. They are sexualized. So putting piercings in, using your breasts as something decorative, not necessarily the functional piece of it, um, I think that definitely kind of plays into it. Look at how much plastic surgery is done. This could oh, be seen almost as an extension of of that, so right? When 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 it's a lifestyle choice and it's not a not a health, and everybody sees formula and breast milk is equal, what are you what are you going to do if you're looking and thinking about getting piercings, especially done? Robin, here's a question for you. I'm pretty sure that I was the last woman on the planet to get my ears pierced, okay? I absolutely bought into the idea that that made me beautiful, made me able to wear earrings that I wouldn't have otherwise worn, blah, 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 blah. But I was absolutely petrified of the pain. So how would you talk to somebody who says, you know, I'd really like to have my nipples pierced, but, and oh, by the way, I'm pregnant, and we all know that nipples are more sensitive during pregnancy. What would you say to those folks about the pain level or how to get by it? What what would you say? Well, again, a good piercer is not going to do it if mom is pregnant, and clearly if she's not, if, if she's showing. Now, if she's not showing, well, she might... She might get away with it. Um, I will tell you, and I know, it, this is painful. It, 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 it hurts. This is not some little pinch, and you know you can kind of brush it off. This is bring tears to your eyes. And I have a high pain tolerance, so this hurts. And if she is pregnant, you know, I, I, again, if you're pregnant. I would not do this. I would not want to, (laughs) I would not want to, I guess, kind of set that kind of shock there because, yeah, this is, it's incredibly painful. Okay. Well, that's kind of why I wanted to go there because I could see people who say, no, I'm not pregnant and they think they can kind of like just get it done but they need to be aware that there are things to consider. And it would seem to me like the amount of sensitivity, that would be another reason to like, hello, maybe put this off. You don't really need to do this right this moment. Holy yes. moly. Uh, yes. So uh, what precautions would be needed uh, for any of these body mods? Uh, but uh, let's start. We've been talking about piercings just now. So let's go for the piercings first, and then on the other side of the break, we'll talk about uh, tats and laser removal. But what sort of precautions, if you could just kind of whip them off, what would it be? Well, and and just to kind of back up with the pregnancy thing, you know, another reason why you really kind of don't want to do it then, along with the hormonal changes and everything, is that it takes a very long time for piercings to heal, nipple piercings to heal, sometimes up to a year or more. And then you're going to have a newborn where you're going to need to be taking them out. So um, if that kind of helps, you'd want to do this 18 to 24 months before you knew you were going to be pregnant, yep. if, if at all possible. So if you're planning your children out, think about the timing right there. I need to give probably a good two years for 
everything to heal and be completely good to go so that I can remove them during the breastfeeding time and not worry that they're going to close um, up. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then for a mom that, you know, already has them and now is pregnant, understand that she is going to have that increased sensitivity and it, it is a extra stimulation to the nipples. Um, and then here's an interesting one for you. Again, those pesky hormones that we have, I've seen piercings either um, become more embedded into the tissue or I've seen them be completely rejected and, and pushed out of the nipple tissue because of the hormones. So the, the piercings may come out on their own and she's not even going to be able to do anything about that. Sure. Okay. So uh, word to the wise, a few lessons learned. And again, it's up to the, the person what she wants to do. She just needs to go into this with her eyes wide opened. Uh, I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And I'm here today with Robin Roche-Paul. We're talking about body mods. We'll be right back after the short break. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. 
Robin, we were talking about some precautions for the piercings, but we didn't actually address the idea of, okay, now you do have the piercing and you do have a baby. Um, How does all that play out? Can you address that a little bit, please? So I have what I call best practice, good practice, and then your optional practice. Um, so best practice, you're removing the the uh, piercings completely, 100% during your breastfeeding time. And by that, I mean they're out. You're not going to put them back in um, at all. Good practice, remove them during each session. Oh, okay. Got now, it. think about this. Newborn, breastfeeding 8 to 12 times. <laughs> That's... That can become irritating, just taking them in and out, but also irritating to the nipples. It's time-consuming. Your baby's screaming, crying, wanting to eat, and you're undoing the barbell and trying to take it out. This is also increasing the chance of bacterial infection because every time you're sliding that piercing in and out, you're possibly introducing germs into what's basically an open wound. Um, The other option is that some people wear what's called um, insertion tapers and they can be made out of like a Teflon type material that um, they can put in to keep the piercing open so they don't have to unscrew. You'd still want to then take those out when actually breastfeeding. And then the final one, and this is the one that I do not recommend, is leaving the piercing in during the feeding um, session. If moms are going to do this, all I have to say is you have to make very sure that those ends are completely tightened down and you have to watch in the baby's mouth that they're not getting sores in their mouth because that's a, that's a choking hazard. Absolutely. But I point it out because it's, it's out there and people do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just going to say when, when moms say, Oh, well, I'm just going to take them out when the baby feeds. uh, Sometimes I'm thinking, Honey, you really, I got to wake you up here. <laughs> this is not every six hours. This is every hour and a half or every two hours or every three hours. And I would agree with all that you just said from the standpoint of bacteria as well as time consuming and just plain a nuisance. Yes. So, Robin, what about tattoos? Uh, precautions for tattoos. We've talked a little bit about uh, the ink, the uh, other factors. Anything else that you want to add there? not a whole lot um they do require some healing time there's some controversy a little bit of research out there does it lower mom's immune system while she's healing up the tattoo um could that make her so more susceptible to being ill i mean yes no i kind of don't think so again we're pretty hardy beings um my biggest thing would be Uh, allergic reactions to ink that you might not be aware that you are allergic and you could have many tattoos and the same kind of ink for years and then all of a sudden you use that same color and now you have allergic reaction might that be an issue with breastfeeding possibly I, i want to state this really loud and clear because robin is right and i find very often when I'm teaching my comprehensive lactation course, people kind of think that people just either do have an allergy or they don't have an allergy, and that's just not true. I have to explain to them, no, anybody can get any allergy at any time, and anybody's allergy can be resolved at any time, too. Yes, and again, personal experience, I've had tattoos for close to 30 years now, and I recently got one with red ink, and I had a massive allergic reaction to it, and it was only where the red ink was. 
no more red tattoos for me. Holy. Uh, wow. Lesson learned from somebody who's been around the block a time or two. Yes. Uh, Robin, talk to us about laser removal of tattoos. Uh, let's start with why would somebody want to do that? And I'm thinking of the obvious reasons because you have your old boyfriend's name tattooed on you or something. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a big one. Uh, but what would be kind of the motivators and then what's involved in it? So most of the time, it's you just don't like the design. You weren't thinking when you got it, and, and it's it's a bad design. Or it was a bad tattoo by done by somebody who really didn't know what they were doing. Um, what you said, uh, the meaning, <laughs> you, yep. you're no longer with that boyfriend, um, and you have their name all across your, your backside. Um, maybe you don't like where it's placed. Um, and then sometimes, and this one kind of always gets me, um, people... <laughs> People sometimes don't realize that tattoos really are permanent. In fact, I consider them much more permanent than piercings. Piercings can come out and they'll heal up. Tattoos, right. tattoos are there and they're there to stay. Right. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, when it comes to removing tattoos, again, they're done by lasers. There's different types depending on which wavelength you need in order to break up that color ink molecule. If that makes if that makes sense, so I won't get into the nitty gritty with that. But depending on what colors you have, they're going to use different types of lasers to remove it. What's happening during this process is that laser, that photo um, thermolysis, it's blowing up those ink molecules. It passes straight through your skin, and the tattoo pigment goes, "Oh, yay! We love the laser light, kablooey!" And it blows it it blows it up and shatters that pigment into little fragments. Um, here's where I come back to the ink. So long-term, you have a tattoo over 20, 30, 40 years. Yes, it's going to gradually lighten and expand a little bit, but it's such a long-term and minute little bits of that ink getting into your system and being filtered out by your blood and your, your liver. When you do this with a laser, you've now compacted that into a very short time frame and you are shattering those ink molecules into what theoretically in the literature they're saying could be small enough to get into your milk. We don't know for sure because nobody's really researching this heavily, but putting the pieces together, I'm looking at it and I'm saying what they're saying here and what I'm looking at here tells me that those ink molecules could be small enough. And because now you're firing it through so much faster that that is or could possibly get into your bloodstream and eventually into mom's milk. So laser, my recommendation is you need to wait until you're, you've weaned before you have any tattoos lasered off. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking, absent any research that is reassuring, it seems to me like you'd be uh, well advised to steer clear of that. Yes. Um, Robin, I'm sure you cannot possibly answer this question because it depends on how big the tattoo is and so forth and so forth. But uh, is this a pretty big chunk of of an investment to get these things removed? I would think so. Oh, I can answer this one. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Multiple sessions to have laser, uh, have tattoos lasered off. Um, much, much more of an investment, both monetarily and time-wise. Nice. Um, unless you have a little 
you know, teeny tiny half dollar size tattoo, that might come off in one, maybe two sessions. But if you've got a full sleeve, you're probably looking at eight, 10 sessions. And, and we're talking, you have to give four to eight weeks between each session so that it can heal up. And it costs a lot. And again, personal experience, having it lasered off is more painful than having to put on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So the moral of the story is understand that tattoos are forever. And if you don't like it later on, getting it off is not inconsequential. And it is very time intensive and very painful as well as very expensive. And not always do they completely go away. Sometimes you're left with scarring where the tattoo was. Um, hyperpigmentation, hypopigmentation left over. Uh, and again, some inks are incredibly difficult to get rid of. Green is probably the worst. And I hate to always bring up personal experience, but the green in one of the tattoos that I had and wanted covered up, we never could get the green to go away. And that is now the stem of a flower because I couldn't. I couldn't get the green to disappear. I see. You just kind of had to do something so that it wasn't ugly, I guess. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I, I didn't say ugly because I've seen it. <laughs> I just don't. I, oh, I, no. That's but Yeah, I, I no, it needed to be covered up. Yeah. <laughs> it was not pretty. <laughs> I, I don't want the listeners to think that I go around looking at people's tats. You know? <laughs> anyway, um, so... Is there anything else you want to say about laser removal? Because that was really, for me, I was thinking you really want to think about this. You want to have a whole plan before you start and dive into this because getting it undone is not simple. Anything else about the laser removal? I hit all the main points. The only other thing is, again, we were talking about allergies before. So you may not have ever had an, uh, an allergic reaction to the ink when the tattoo was put in place. But guess what? You just freed all of that pigment, and now maybe your body's going to go, uh-oh, I don't like this, and you could have an allergic reaction right. during the laser removal. Okay. All righty. Mm-hmm. Wow. So much to think about here, everybody, and uh, I think that Robin has done a really wonderful job in helping you to understand it's not do I do this, yes or no. It is how do I think this through so that I'm happy with what I've got and uh, I've got myself in a situation where uh, breastfeeding, yes, breastfeeding is compatible, but there's a lot of other factors to consider. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I will be right back with Robert Broche-Paul after this short break. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk 
with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today finishing up with Robin Roche-Paul. Robin, you gave a lot of precautions here, but one of the things that you didn't talk about was, I'm not sure what the right word is. I usually call it dribble. It's not really leaking milk. I think of milk leaking when it comes out the, uh, the nipple pores. But the milk does come out of the uh, piercings kind of to the side Talk to us about that, would you please? Yes. So there are some things to look for if you already have piercings in place, of course, and now the baby is here and you're and you're breastfeeding and you're taking them out and, and whatnot. Um, leaking is the biggest one. That's what I see the most in my practice, um, that, the, that the milk. <laughs> I would say it more than dribbles. I've, I've seen milk come out rather forcefully if a mom has a good hard letdown um, out those side holes and those holes are bigger than the actual nipple pores and the path of least resistance guess where it's going to (laughs) go so here we've got baby gulping because they're trying desperately to keep up with this extra fast um, flow unfortunately on the flip side of that I have run into the occasional mom um, that has had obstruction scarring to where she didn't get any milk the milk was there her breast was engorged you could tell that she was making milk but it 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 had no outlet um i have seen that far less than the leaking but i have one that stands out completely in my head that through three different children the one breast the one nipple that she always had problems with during the actual um piercing time they never really healed very well that one side where the other side healed great, um, the side that it never really healed quite right, that's the one that she had scarring in and she can never get the milk out of that side. So keep that one in mind as well. And Robin, uh, if you remember that client, would you describe her as somebody that was uh, likely to have keloid scarring in the first place? I mean, we know we know there's some uh uh, risk factors there, or was it just that's just the way it was for her? That's just the way it was for her. 
Okay. And right. Like she said, they never, it never healed correctly when she had them done as a teenager and through three children, that one just never, she knew she had milk and she was successful. Let me point this out. She was successful at breastfeeding, totally on the right side. Yeah. I was just going to yeah. answer that because, you know, here's the thing. We've seen, Robin, you've got to have seen as many as I have where one breast for one reason or another has some sort of an issue. It might have been even something the woman was born with, whatever. Uh, But, you know, a lot of times they are either breastfeeding totally on one side or the baby is getting what I call a few slurps from the other side, but he's not getting anything substantial. Um, Robin, have you seen any situations? I'm aware of of a case where it was the opposite. The woman did not have scarring. She did not have any of that, but she had uh, some granulation tissue that never really quite healed. Are you aware of anything like that? And is there any fix for that? No, um, that's one I'm not. I'm, I'm not really aware um, of. No. Um, I will. Oh, I just thought of something. It's a little bit different, but um, a question that does come up quite a bit. Uh, And anybody that's had ear piercings would understand this one, too. So that sebum, that smelly, white, gross stuff that (laughs) comes. So be aware that that can happen with your nipples, too. Um, If if you're breastfeeding, you're not going to know your baby's getting that, and it's not going to hurt them. But if you were to be hand expressing or something and you were to see that, don't freak out about it because it's just yeah. oil and skin and whatnot, but it, it doesn't smell so great. So some people, I have had that question and they're like, is this okay? And I'm like, yes, it's fine. Yeah. Put your sunglasses on and pretend like you didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> a woman after my own heart. Don't make a big deal of it if it's not a big deal. But yeah, people do need reassurance about that, but you're right. I think the smell it is the, the clue there again. This is just one of those implications. Robin isn't saying that it's good or bad or anything. It's just it's what it is. And um, if you were to summarize, because we have only a short time left, how can lactation professionals help women who are uh, considering or maybe they're already in, bo- in possession of body mods to be more successful with breastfeeding? Are there some things that you could just point out to us as general principles, general uh, sort of rules of the road of how to interact with these breastfeeding mothers? Well, number one, of course, let them know that it is compatible. Go over these precautions, take a really good history, especially if they're already coming to you and they've had the piercings or something like that. Um, Don't be put off if it's, if it's not your generation and you're a little bit kind of like, Whoa, I don't know about this. Learn. Um, I always kind of also step out of your comfort zone and, and, and maybe find out a, I won't say breastfeeding friendly, but, but maybe an artist in your community that you'd be willing to kind of talk with and get some more information um, and be a resource both ways. They can be a resource for you and you can be a resource and share some, um, share, share some, some information with one another. Um, just stay factual. Again, keep reminding these moms that they can do this. They just need to take those precautions and they need to be aware of some of the risks and some things that might happen on, on the flip side and that they know that they're comfortable coming um, to, to you uh, for, for help. Uh, I would totally agree with all of that because that. 
depending on how old you are, you might have really associated this with stigma. Mm-hmm. And hope, I, I mean, I would like to believe we're all past that, but maybe not. So your message is stay open, stay factual, and stay positive. Geesh, you know, women have enough trouble believing in themselves. They don't need us planting anything else. Um, that's for sure. And um, any other closing thoughts that you have, Robin, before we go? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No, I think we, I think we hit it all. Well, then maybe this would be a good time to tell everybody that Robin's book is available on her website. It's also available on Amazon. And the, um, that is Breastfeeding in Combat Boots. And I can't remember now when you published that. Oh, 2010. It's due for a revision. I'm slowly working on it chapter by chapter. Understood. Uh, anybody who's ever written a book knows that that is a big project. Anything else coming down the pike for you? I would love to uh, also turn it into an app that moms could use on their phones. So um, be on the lookout for that. And if anybody has any leads, uh, contact me. Absolutely. Great. (laughs) Well, uh, very informative show. A very good guest. Always fun to work with you, Robin. And thank you. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Robin, before we go today, is there anything else that you'd like to add about breastfeeding and body modifications that we haven't already discussed? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, there is one final thing. Sometimes I do get the question about whether or not a mom can donate uh, breast milk. Uh, she, she has an overabundant supply and wants to donate some of it. But, oh, hey, by the way, I also have some tattoos. So uh, the Human Milk Bank and Association of North America basically follows the same rules as the American Red Cross does for blood donations. So they will accept um, after tattoos or piercings. Uh, they just pretty much want to know that you went to a reputable artist. In some cases, it's a little bit different depending on what state you're at. But in my experience, they will accept it. Good to know. I would not have thought to ask that question. Thank you so much. Yep. And thank you for having me. It's always fun to be on this show as well. I'm so glad. Anyway, uh, for all of you who are listening, just remember there are plenty of good shows that we have lined up for you. So stay. Meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.